really matters? That might be the most important question you can ask. So let's talk about it. Welcome to What Really Matters podcast, Everyday Spirituality with Karen Wyatt. Hey, thanks for joining me here again today. This, it turns out, is going to be part three of a conversation I've been having about stages of consciousness and how we grow. And I'm talking here really about the integral model and also spiral dynamics. Those are two models that have informed me a lot about this subject. And so I'm going to give you just a couple of resources right away that you can turn to if you want to know more. For the integral model, you can search out the work of Ken Wilber. And Integral Vision is a book that is probably the best place to start because it gives a very simple overview of the model, which is extremely complex. But if you really just want to know more about the stages of development that I'm talking about here, you can search for Spiral Dynamics on Google and you'll find tons and tons of information. This is based on the work of Claire Graves that was later refined by Don Beck and Chris Cowan. It has been extremely influential for me in my life in terms of just understanding myself, how I've grown and where I'm at in terms of my spiritual consciousness and awakening, but it has also helped me tremendously to understand other people in my life. It's helped me see where they are and have much more compassion and empathy for people and understanding that their level of consciousness influences everything. It influences how they see the world how they feel about the world they're in, what they believe, and what they value in life. And all of us are just at whatever level of consciousness we happen to be at at this moment in time. And so it has helped me to stop judging people who see the world differently from me and to understand how and why they got where they are, and also to be more accepting of them being who they are and where they are. So it's really important that you listen to the previous two episodes, because that's where you're going to hear some of the background here, because this is part three. And what I say today may not make much sense to you if you haven't listened to the other two episodes. I'll give you just a really brief, brief summary before we get started today that our spiritual growth occurs as a form of expansion of our consciousness. And so think about concentric spheres, one inside the other, or think about a series of balloons. And they, these would actually be balloons that are inside one another. So we begin with a balloon that's rather small and not expanded very much. But as we grow to a new stage, the balloon of our consciousness expands and becomes larger. And with each stage, our consciousness becomes larger, has more and more capacity to hold more ideas, more views, to see more deeply into things, and gives us more perspectives and broader, broader and deeper perspectives about life. So remember that growth occurs as an expansion process of our consciousness, like the expansion of a balloon that's growing. Also, there is, in the long run, in the big picture, 
forward momentum in this growth process. We can have ups and downs and go back and forth a bit, but overall, the process of growth is in a positive direction. And this, I believe, is coming from the universe itself, pulling us in a certain direction. I view it as love, the divine, higher consciousness, pulling us toward growth. So another one of the rules that can't be violated here is that you can't skip over stages. You have to go through each stage in order and you can't skip them, though some of us can move fairly quickly through some of these stages. So this is something for us to to grasp as much as we would like to think we're at the the further stages of development than we are, we can't just jump there and get there. And sometimes that's one of the follies when people take up spiritual practice, they believe that they can reach enlightenment or reach higher stages of consciousness very quickly, but you still have to go through all the steps. There's nothing like overnight enlightenment. It takes work and it takes time to happen. So one thing that occurs is that when we have reached the maximum expansion that we can achieve at one stage or level of consciousness, things begin to break down for us a little bit because the stage we're at doesn't support the growth that is trying to occur within us in our awareness and our consciousness. And so we, we become dissatisfied with where we are things no longer support us and no longer make sense to us. And so we go through a bit of a crisis each time we're ready to expand to a new level of consciousness. And um, that is a normal process. And so for those of you who have gone through this transformation in consciousness, perhaps you have left behind a religion in the past that you used to believe in fervently. It used to inform everything about you. And you used to be totally happy and content. You may have reached a point where suddenly the dogma or the ideology of that religion does not make sense anymore. And it simply doesn't support the new way of seeing that you have developed in the world. That causes a crisis and you have to end up making changes in your life how you're living, what you practice in your life. And it's a traumatic thing to go through as you move into a new stage of development. So for many people, that crisis and the trauma of growing and moving into a new stage can be prohib prohibitive. So some people may pull back and actually kind of refuse to grow, refuse to go there, refuse to acknowledge the changes that are happening within them as they try to cling to what was important to them in the past. And you may know people like that who are holding on to the past so that they don't have to grow because they fear it so much and they fear change. So we see that happening all around us. Another concept I mentioned last week is the concept of a set point. And Ken Wilber has written that each of us is kind of born with our own set point in terms of the level of consciousness that we will rise to in our lives fairly easily that we will get to without working at it or working very hard. And so 
to go beyond our set point, we have to intentionally do work, spiritual work to learn and grow and gain in wisdom. But we rise to the level of our set point fairly easily and fairly quickly in life at a fairly young age. And so one thing I mentioned that it's important to remember is that you may have a higher set point than the other members of your family, than the people who raised you. And so you may have outgrown, in a sense, the worldview of your family at a fairly young age and have been through the experience of feeling like you don't belong or don't fit in. You may have struggled for years and years trying to fit in, trying to see the world the way your family sees it, trying to believe what they believe, but you simply may see more than they are capable of seeing. And I know many people like this who have gone through a lot of pain and distress in their lives because they see differently than their families, they don't fit in, and they're not sure how to handle it. Ultimately, for many of them, again, they go through the crisis point where they decide they simply have to honor what they know to be true. They have to honor their own worldview, what they see, what they believe, what they feel inside of them. And sometimes it causes family conflict and causes them to have to separate from their family in order to be who they really are. But that's one of the realities that occurs for us here in this human life as we're working on our spiritual growth. Now to the family at a lower set point, watching a loved one move on and move away from them, their perception is that the loved one who has left this worldview that they hold to so dearly, that the loved one is um, backsliding or going downhill or, or moving into a life of sin or doing something negative and abnormal. But that's not really the case. It's actually growth. It's just that they simply can't see it that way. They can't perceive that growth is happening and that it's a positive thing for an individual who moves to the next stage of consciousness. So quickly, I'll mention last week, I talked about three of the stages, tribal, individual, and pluralistic. And so you really have to go back and listen to those because I don't want to review those three stages. But the one thing I mentioned is all three of those stages are present in our society right now. These three stages all basically hate one another and battle each other. And so it's interesting when we leave a stage behind, we tend to dislike the stage we came from. And at each of these three stages, we believe that we are right. We know exactly what's right now. We have the right beliefs. We are looking at the world the right way. And everyone else is wrong. And so this is why there's so much conflict happening between these three levels of development. And so I'll name them again. Uh, there are different names for each one of the stages. Tribal or traditional. Individual or rational. And the third is pluralistic or sensitive. And so go back and listen to last week's episode and you'll get a lot from that about those three levels and how and why they are in conflict with one another. But today I want to talk about a fourth level 
which is the level each of us needs to be striving to achieve. And this is the integral level. And it's sometimes called the mystical level. But at this level, this is actually a huge leap from from the, the previous three levels, which are considered to be part of the first tier. This is what um, the spiral dynamics calls it. The, the first, th- the three levels I talked about last week are all part of what's called the first tier of spiritual development. The integral level is the first stage of the second tier of development. And so when you go from pluralistic to integral, it's a fairly big leap and it takes work for us to get there. Not very many of us are born with a set point of integral at this point. So we have to work in order to become more integral in our worldview and our consciousness. So let's talk about this integral level, which in spiral dynamics is called the yellow level. Spiral dynamics uses colors for each one of the level. I should have mentioned that before, uh, partly because they wanted to remove the labeling that may have happened, say if they had used numbers for each level, they felt that people would use those numbers to discriminate against one another or to create a hierarchy in their minds of one level being better than another. So each level has a color that is associated with it. And integrals color is yellow. However, what we have seen happen at first here is that it doesn't really matter if those stages are numbered or named or have a color associated with them. People still discriminate against one another who are at different levels of consciousness, no matter what. So that's human nature, actually. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But so The integral level is the first level that values the entire spiral of development. At the stage of integral, for the first time, you can see all of the other stages, you can understand all of them, and even appreciate them. Appreciate the positives about each one of the stages of development and see the value and the place of each one of those stages in the world in general. And for each one of us as individuals, you can look back and see how you progressed through each stage, what it contributed to you, what you learned at each stage, and see it as valuable. So for the first time at Integral, Integral is the first stage that doesn't hate the other stages. The first stage that actually appreciates and values and tolerates all of the other stages. A a person at Integral sees the need for each stage and the contribution that each stage makes to our society, to life in general. So the integral level is focused on wholeness, being whole, being whole within themselves, within the person and the wholeness of other people, but also the wholeness of society, the wholeness of our planet. And within the integral mindset, there is room for everything. So integral allows for the presence of of everything that's here. It's simply what is. It already exists and there's room and space for whatever exists. And Integral doesn't try to repress or deny or shove away things that it doesn't like. It makes space for everything to be there. 
integral is also aware of oneness, but in the sense of the one. Everything is connected. Everything is part of one. Everything is part of the same tapestry. Everything has been created and is a manifestation of the same energy. And so it isn't just uh, at the pluralistic level, we're able to see how things are connected together. In this case, in integral, it's much more of seeing that everything is within one entity with within one tapestry it's within it's part of one whole it isn't that there are you know an infinite number of different holes that are connected to each other everything is part of one whole if that makes any sense so at the integral level we're able to see multiple perspectives that's true at the pluralistic level also that you can for the first time see another person's point of view but that not only do we see from multiple perspectives, we understand those perspectives. We understand why they're there and value them. And there's also an understanding for how complex all of it is, but an appreciation of the complexity and a comfort with complexity. The fact that it's okay, this is a, this is a big, big world to grasp in my mind, but I can hold all of these different viewpoints. I can see all of these different people on the planet and how they see the world and what they value. And I can allow for it and be comfortable with it. And so for the first time, we're not afraid of that kind of complexity and we're not afraid to allow for change and allow for the unknown. And at Integral, there is a desire to seek for solutions that benefit the whole, for the good of the whole. So solutions to problems that are not based on any one perspective, but solutions that could benefit everyone and that help the whole survive and move forward. This is the first time that exists at every other level prior to integral, the desire is for solutions that benefit my level, but no other levels. So an interesting thing to see at this level, integral is the first time decisions are now motivated more by love than by fear or greed. So the reason for this is that at the stage of integral, we have moved beyond the ego as the primary driver of our lives, the primary decision maker of our lives. We've moved into the higher self and higher consciousness, having more control over our decisions, our worldview, how we look at other people, how we behave in life than the ego. And so this is a crucial moment when we become motivated by love instead of by fear and greed. Fear and greed are the tools of the ego. And if you've read my book, The Journey from Ego to Soul, this is exactly what I talk about. It, the Journey from Ego to Soul, this book actually lays out how we explore the ego, how we actually learn to manage our own egos so that our higher consciousness can take over and not be blocked and undermined by the ego constantly when we're trying to make decisions from love instead of from fear and greed. 
So that's one of the reasons I'm even talking about these stages of consciousness. So you can see within yourself your own patterns of growth and you might see the parts of you that are already at already integral that are drawing you toward being integral in your entire life in everything you do. You might know there are times when I see it exactly this way. I see it exactly from the integral perspective, but other times when I can't see that at all. There are times when I can behave from love, but other times when fear and greed take over. So it's important to understand this and what's happening because it will help you see where you need to grow and what you need to work on. So I want to read a list of other values at integral that are present so that you can see how integral differs from some of the other levels. First of all, that change is constant. So for the first time at integral, we're actually comfortable with this idea that things change, growth happens, it's okay. Nothing lasts, everything changes, and I can live with that. I can figure that out and figure out uh, how to deal with it. And going all the way back to the traditional level, we see that level really struggles with change. And desires to keep everything the same as it is and not allow anything to change and doubles down on keeping the status quo or sometimes even wanting to go backwards and hates everything that's progressive and anything that's that's bringing change into the world. But at Integral, there's a full acceptance of change. Change is part of life. Change is part of the universe. Change goes on constantly all around me and I'm not threatened by it or afraid of it. Another value at Integral is open-mindedness. So Integral doesn't blindly reject anything. Integral keeps an open mind and allows ideas and thoughts to come forward and considers them. Integral is also able to, to integrate wisdom from the head, the heart, and the gut. So bringing in logical information plus emotional information plus intuition. Integral brings all of them together, values all of them, and can weave them together in making decisions and looking at life. Integral also values lifelong learning. So learning is going on constantly and every situation is an opportunity to learn something new. So nothing is rejected and there's no sense of, of victimhood over difficult things that happen in life because everything is seen as an opportunity to simply learn more. So at Integral, there's much more comfort with the ups and downs of life and the challenges that come along in life. Integral also has a big picture understanding, the ability to always step back and look at, at the at the big picture of life and what's happening overall here for all of life, instead of focusing in solely on the details of my life and what's happening to me and how I feel about it. Integral also has no interest in recognition, and this is because the ego is not the main driver of decisions or of behavior. So at Integral, that's, it simply doesn't exist. 
Integral meets people where they are instead of trying to change them and doesn't need to submit to any particular value system or ideology. So that means that Integral is much less likely to belong to a particular religion and to espouse the beliefs of that religion. Although it's possible, it's possible to be Integral within a a religion, but an integral person who carries on in a religious community would behave very differently and see the world very differently than traditional people who are within that religion. So another really interesting thing is that integral people are much less likely to be manipulated because they don't have they don't have greed and fear, which are the tools of manipulation. They don't have a need to change other people. So they're not constantly looking out and uh, criticizing and blaming other people and wishing that they could change them. So as you can see, we need more integral people in the world. We need more of the integral mindset. We, the world would be different than it is right now if we had more integral leadership and this integral consciousness present in more people in the world. Some have estimated that in the entire world, there may be 5% of the population is at integral consciousness. Some people think it's less than that. Um, So we have a long way to go before integral consciousness can become influential, but integral is what we need, an integral perspective on things, an integral way of looking at the problems that exist on our planet and how we're going to make them better. So if you feel inklings of this integral perspective within yourself and feel like, yes, that's what's happening to me. I'm becoming more integral. I want to be integral in everything that I do. I see it every now and then, but I don't know how do I, how do I strengthen this integral part of myself? How do I move more of myself into the integral stage? And so there are a few things that you need to do. And, and first of all, to make this leap from the first tier to the second tier to truly become integral in your consciousness, you need some sort of a regular practice to work on yourself and work on your consciousness. And so it might be meditation or contemplation. It could be you know, some sort of a martial arts practice, it could be yoga, some, it could be prayer, some sort of practice that you use where on a regular basis, you take time out, you sit down, you go within yourself, you look out at yourself, you reflect upon yourself, your growth, where you are, what your issues are, what you need to work on. And so for me, it also involves journaling, writing those things down, because that's one where I have a dialogue with myself and I think through issues I'm dealing with and I am able to process that more clearly. And I highly recommend journaling. It's not for everyone, though, so I understand that. But you do need some sort of a regular practice. You might have one already. Maybe 
uh, already you do a certain amount of, you get exercise, you go out for a walk every day. You can actually use your walk to be a contemplative time where while you're walking, you stop and think about think about your day, think about conflicts that arose and why they may have happened and how you can better understand that. And think about what parts of you might need to heal. Because if you're not fully moving toward integral right now, and you're aware of, of something holding you back, chances are it's something in your shadow, something from your past, an old wound that you need to heal, an old belief that you're still clinging to, something that needs to be healed inside of you. So the second part of to get to the second tier, to get to integral, we all have to do shadow work. We really do need to heal our old wounds. Many of those wounds came when we were children and we repressed them and never dealt with them because we couldn't, we didn't have the tools available to us. Well, now is the time when we need to look at those things and figure out how do I heal them? What do I need to do to make this better so that it doesn't continue to be an obstacle to my growth? So that's, again, where contemplation and writing in a journal can be really helpful as you review wounds from the past that it's time to heal and let go of. Some people need therapy to help them through some of those wounds because they're deeply traumatic. Other people can do it themselves by just going through a process of of self-analysis and self-forgiveness and love and compassion for themselves. So again, this involves being able to let go of things from the past that are now obstacles to our growth. And if you feel you're not making the progress that you wish you would make, chances are there's an obstacle there. There's something to look at. There's something to go in more deeply. Ultimately, all of this work, having a regular practice and doing shadow work is accomplishing this, exposing the ego, because you need to understand, as I said, the ego dominates during the, in the first tier, and you have to get to know your own ego. And I did, I've done a number of episodes on the ego in the past. You have to get to know your ego, understand how it works and what problems it's creating for you. And we're not trying to get rid of the ego or eliminate it. Some people talk about killing the ego, but that's not it at all. Our ego is a valuable ally for our higher consciousness. We need an ego in order to function in the world. But we need an ego that is, in a sense, submissive to the higher self, to higher consciousness, an ego that doesn't take over and take control all the time, because the ego primarily operates through its tools of greed and fear. And those always lead us down the wrong path. Our higher consciousness is our ability to make choices out of love. So we have to work on the ego itself. We have to understand our ego, know how it's wounded, see how it operates. Sometimes it's very tricky and sneaky and it fools us into thinking that we're more spiritual than we are. We have to expose the ego and gradually train it to honor the wisdom of the higher self, train the ego to become a companion to our higher self and not an obstacle to the higher self. So again, um, my book, The Journey from Ego to Soul is all about that. And it has 
exercises you can do. There are the seven lessons that I've talked about many times. And uh, it goes through each one of the lessons and there are exercises that you can do as you work with your own ego, look at your wounds and understand how the ego is operating at each for each one of those lessons. And then to help you actually heal the wounds and teach your ego how to listen to the higher self. So that's the book, The Journey from Ego to Soul. It has with it a companion journal that you can get that has journaling prompts that you can do each day as you're reading through the this book. So I highly recommend it because it it's it can be extremely helpful when you simply focus on this idea in your own behavior. Is this my ego speaking to me right now? Is this my ego taking charge or is this my higher self um, making the choices here and running the show? And when you think of it in just those simple terms, it becomes pretty obvious on a daily basis how much the ego has an influence and how much it's running things uh, not, not in your favor necessarily. So that is my discussion of the integral level um, of sp spiral dynamics or the integral model of Ken Wilber. And uh, this has been a really brief and simple explanation of something that you could read about for days and days in order to understand. So I encourage you, if, if you find it interesting, go back and do some more research. As I said, Google spiral dynamics and you'll find tons of things on it. Start with the most basic information. There are more levels than the levels I mentioned here. I'm only talking about the levels. The, the first three levels are the ones that are predominant in our society right now. There are more levels that have been worked out. And on the planet right now, there are people from all the levels in existence somewhere on the planet. It's just the three that I began with are the ones that are predominant in Western society. So uh, I hope you found it interesting, but I hope you'll feel inspired to start doing your own work and to become as motivated by love as you can possibly be, to begin to see where greed and fear from the ego are playing a role and how they affect your relationships with other people, and to start thinking about how you could expand your own consciousness and live in a place where you're motivated by love instead of that greed and fear. So that's my entire goal for this podcast actually is to help people always be moving toward love. And that's why one of my taglines is, and I'll say it now, and I'll close right now, is we're here for love. So we're here to evolve to that place where love is our primary motivator and decision maker. We're here to get beyond the greed and fear of the first tier of the lower stages of development of lower consciousness. We're here to expand, to be as loving as we can possibly be. And to get there, we have to face our fear which is working on the ego and looking at the past. We have to be ready, be prepared for what might happen next because life is always throwing us curveballs that can throw us off course a bit. And we have to learn to love and be grateful for each and every moment of our lives. 
So I hope this has been helpful to you. I'll be back next week. Until then, take care and be well. Bye-bye.